On today's episode, we are going to be talking with president of Travel Leaders Network, Roger Block. We were really fortunate enough to sit down with him and talk about all things travel, really, some of the travel trends in 2020, well, his experience in the travel industry, and the overall value of a, of a travel advisor. And I'm really excited for, for you guys to tune into this episode. Like I said, pretty lucky to sit down with Roger and have a conversation. I've met him on you know multiple occasions, just you know working with travel leaders, and um, I've been fortunate enough to travel with travel leaders and you know he was there obviously so so roger and i have had a few conversations in the past but uh but nothing like this so i actually referred to him as a host and so roger block is taking over today's podcast and I, I hope you guys enjoy the episode thank you so much for tuning in to the traveler podcast Back to the Traveler Podcast. Today we have a very special host, President of Travel Leaders Network, Roger Block. Roger, thank you so much for joining our podcast. Oh, thanks so much, Adam. That's my absolute pleasure to be here with you today. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's been a while. We have met, uh, you know, we've we've had a few crossings, you know, travel. We've traveled together yes. a few times, so it's always a pleasure. Yes, to see the you. last time we were together was in Petra. Yeah, pretty amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. kind of crazy. You to know, think we about. don't do normal stuff. <laughs> yeah, we don't do normal stuff around here. Um, but it's great to catch you and and great to have you in town. I want to jump right into it, Roger. You know, we're talking about Travelers Network president of Travelers Network, but but how did this journey start? Where did your career take off, and, and how did this whole travel thing get involved? Well, it's kind of an interesting story because I never thought about getting into the travel business. Um, graduating from college, I went to work for a, a banking group in Florida. I grew up in Florida, um, and I thought that was going to be my career for life. Yeah. And then uh, while I was at the banking group, uh, we did a study on putting a travel agency in each one of our branches. And we were one of the largest bank groups in the uh, St. Petersburg, Tampa area of Florida. And if you think about the banks, we tend to know who has all the money. Uh, <laughs> we tend to know which corporate accounts uh, travel the most. We had the largest trust department in the, in the southwest Florida area. And Everything that we looked at as far as putting a travel agency uh, into each one of our branches uh, uh, was extremely positive, except one problem in the late 70s, the Federal Reserve uh, passed a rule saying that banks could no longer be in the travel business. But that really was the spark. Uh, I'd always enjoyed travel. Uh, most of the travel as a kid was backseat of the car with the family, but uh, seeing different destinations. I'd only been on uh, one cruise at that time, and uh, that was my grandparents took me on a cruise when I was about six or seven to the Bahamas. Yeah. Uh, talk about a small boat yeah. compared to the ones today. <laughs> I bet. Um, but then the bank group was sold, uh, and I went to work for another, the, the acquirer, and then that bank group was sold 18 months later, and I finally decided that it was time to start looking at a different career. This travel idea so excited me. Uh, it was a very fragmented industry in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, mainly mom and pops if, you, if uh, you get right down to it. The largest agency in uh, 1980 was AAA sure. by far. Sure. 
Uh, American Express was pretty big, but uh, um, the airlines had just been deregulated. They were starting to pay commissions. Uh, for an awful long time, airlines did not pay commissions. Then they went to 5%, then they went to 10 So the economics of a travel agency were getting better and better. The cruise industry was just beginning to expand, and uh, in 1980, I launched my first company, and it was called Travel Agents International. And uh, it was a startup franchise, and here's someone who really had never worked in a travel agency. But I had a business plan. I uh, uh, knew a number of people who used to be the board of directors at the uh, banking group, and I put the business plan to in front of them and raised the capital sure. uh, and hired absolute experts in marketing, in uh, uh, supplier negotiations, operations, et cetera. Um, and over the next uh, 16, 17 years, we uh, opened up uh, 328 travel agents international locations throughout the United States and Canada and uh, sold in 97. And then... Uh, uh, the company I sold to, which was Carlson Companies, based in Minneapolis, um, after a year they offered me the role of running their entire franchise program. The trick was I would have to move from St. Petersburg, Florida to Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, which That's a tough move. <laughs> uh, for someone who had never so- uh, shoveled snow in their life, um, really had never experienced uh uh, cold, sure. not like cold in Minneapolis anyway. Uh, but, you know, I love this industry, and I think the people who get into it, they, they just can't leave. It, it is uh, uh, the people you deal with are uh, uh, fantastic. It's rewarding. It's exciting. It's always changing. It can be very lucrative uh, for those who uh, uh, look at it as a business. Uh, and I jumped at the opportunity and moved to Minnesota. Yeah, no, no, about 1998. Now, one of the largest travel agencies in, in the in the world. Is it, correct yes. me if I'm wrong there, Roger. Yeah, yeah. And then what happened was uh, in 2008, yeah. uh, Carlson Companies was going through a reorganization and decided to uh, basically simplify its corporate structure, uh, sold off many of its divisions, and the group that I had sold to uh, did a management buyout led by Michael Batt, who is our current chairman, and we took it out of Carlson, and that is the now Travel Leaders group. Travel leaders. And from there, we raised capital, uh, did a number of acquisitions, uh, including uh, uh, Zell Travel, which was, really was our first major acquisition. Uh, we've acquired Pro Travel and Nexion and a number of agencies in the United States, uh, some in uh, the UK. And when you look at uh, uh, our entire network of agencies, both wholly owned and our member groups, we truly are one of the largest agencies in North America. Uh, it's, it's pretty exciting where uh, if you look at our members, they uh, specialize in uh, corporate travel. They specialize in leisure travel. They specialize in group travel, honeymoons, destinations, luxury. Uh, we actually have a specialist in 
celiac travel. And most people are going, what is celiac travel? Well, gluten-free is a major issue for some people, Mm. and we have an agent who specializes in that. So really, Travel Leaders uh, Network is uh, uh, evolved into one of the, the, it is the largest seller of leisure travel in North America by far. By far. By far. And correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. I think I saw forty thousand agents in North America. We have over forty thousand. I think the number is closer to forty-two thousand sure. agents. Agents, and, and really, they're more advisors than advisors. agents. And and there there is kind of a, a distinction there. Uh, uh, you think of an agent as someone who is, I am working in effect for the benefit of who I'm ever the agent for. So it's this relationship between, let's take life insurance or any type of insurance. I represent uh, whoever it is, Metropolitan. You are my client, but I'm really working as an agent for that company. I can't change the policy. I'm paid a, a fee. Then you get into the advisor role. And as an advisor, we really work for the client. And, and the, the needs of the clients have really changed over the last 40 years that I've been in this business. Um, travel is more complex today, more diversified today than it was then. There are more opportunities. Uh, it used to be when I first got into it, uh, um, the largest ship probably held – 1,500 passengers, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe closer to 1,000 today. The largest is uh, probably in the 6,000 range. Uh, river cruising in Europe was non-existent unless you went on a, a freighter or a barge. Uh, <laughs> there was no, uh, there was no uh, luxury uh, yeah. uh, river cruise market. Uh, uh, people did, some people went to Africa, but we're talking the exception. We are not talking the rule. But... As people's uh, uh, horizons for travel have changed, they're also now looking for more experts. So I, you know, my time and my money for 99.999% of the American public is limited. Um, and if I'm going to go, or let's go safari, which I've been fortunate enough to do. It's one of the most fascinating things I've ever done in my life. And I highly urge any of your, your listeners to uh, go on a uh, safari, but talk to an expert as to what the season is. And that's where we start getting into it. Uh, If, for example, you're going to Kenya or Tanzania and you're wanting to see the migration of the wildebeest and zebras, etc., well, they're migrating almost all the time from one spot to another, but are you planning to go to the place where they are? Because if not... Uh, you're going to miss one of the most fascinating sites because here's a herd literally in the hundreds of thousands of animals. And and obviously if there's that many wildebeest and zebras around, every predator cat is also around them because that's where the food is. And so you're constantly seeing every day when you get up the circle of life. If you go to the wrong areas (laughs) and you miss the herd – you're not going to experience that. So you've wasted your time, you've wasted your money, and the odds are there are so many places in this world to go to, you're not going to go, oh, honey, we missed it this time. Let's go back again <laughs> in time. two months. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work yeah. that way. So 
consumers are looking to talk to someone who understands the destination, understands the uh, culture, understands what the highlights are, when to go, where to stay, no matter if it's on a budget or absolutely unlimited luxury. And there's everything in between, especially if you're going to Africa. Um, we stayed at one camp. Yeah. And um, I can call it a camp because technically we slept in tents. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But that's uh, as far as it gets because yeah. the tent uh, was air-conditioned. Uh, it had its own bathroom behind it. When they came by for the wake-up service the night before, they asked you if you'd like uh, – coffee or tea or hot chocolate and then they came and knocked on the tent and they brought a sterling silver platter <laughs> of a pot of hot tea yeah. and a pot of hot chocolate because i was with my kids yeah now i consider that pretty luxurious for out in the middle of the bush <laughs> yeah i mean hey, in the in, tents in the tents yeah. in the tents so uh as i said you yeah. know it's it's whatever you the client want to do and trying to dis discern exactly which tour operator, which vendor, which time of the day will offer you what you're really looking for, that's where the advisors come in. Absolutely. We're no longer just agents. Yeah. We're no longer just here to say, yes, Adam, here's the package, buy it. Yeah. No, no. It's we want to qualify you. We want to find out why you're going. We want to find out what you're looking for. Because you could. people do go to Kenya to go to the beach. Now, that's not what I would be going to Kenya for, yeah. but people do. Yeah. So to say you're, you want to go to Kenya, you can't just assume you're looking for this or that. Yeah. There's no uh, you know off-the-shelf buying anymore these no. days when working with Absolutely advisors. not. Yeah. And I think that's uh, it's better for the industry. It's better for the our advisors. It makes their careers more interesting. Uh, it allows them to be able to explore their particular area of expertise. Yeah. Uh, several years ago, we developed a, a program for Travel Leaders members. Uh, it, it's called Agent Profiler. Sure. And what it is, it's an online platform that allows consumers, whether they work with us or not, to be able to search who is a travel expert for, and then you can name a destination, yeah. you can name an interest, you can name a uh, 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 a vendor sure. and, and it really came about as I like to play golf and I as I mentioned I grew up in Florida yeah. but I never really played on the east coast of Florida St. Petersburg, Tampa is on the west coast of Florida you tend to play mainly around where you live and I said there's got to be somebody that knows good golf courses up in the St. Peter I mean in the St. Augustine area and so I started asking around and asking around and asking around and you would think with all the agencies we have in Florida <laughs> yeah. I could find somebody who knows golf yeah. in the St. Augustine area yeah. which is by the way where the Hall of Fame is of course I couldn't yeah all the agencies we had in Florida were specializing in cruising or Europe or Africa or Asia or Australia no golf. So the idea was, why can't we just build a, an online platform that's a simple database that I could search uh, or consumers could search and find an expert? And uh, um, that was really the start of it, sure. except uh, the other side of it was we, we were convinced or thought that people also were interested in what the bargains were. Yeah. And what we found was... If we focused on price, 
we got the low price shoppers, which nothing wrong with that. Sure. But this platform was devised and the intent was find the expert. So we did away with advertising price and now we started selling, in effect, the advisor. So here is Mary Smith. Here's all of her expertise. This is where she's traveled to. This is video she's taken. These are photos she's taken. Yeah. This is interaction she's done. This is her passion. And when you talk to our advisors, one of the things that just fascinates me is that, you know, you go to store X, Macy's or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and you're talking about clothes. There's no one who has passion about this <laughs> shirt or this tie or yeah. this anything. Go to our advisors. They have a real passion and excitement in, in whatever the territory is, whatever the destination is, whatever the supplier is. And it could be, it doesn't have to be Africa. Uh, we have a number of advisors who are absolutely passionate about Disney World. Yeah. And Disney World. A whole other world. It is a whole other world, <laughs> yeah. literally. Yeah. I'm glad you said that <laughs> yeah. because I've taken my granddaughters there many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the one thing that, for those who have been to Disney World, will realize that you can waste ungodly amount of time if you don't know what you're doing. Sure. You can miss so many of the special little places that Disney World has really created if you don't know what to look for or where to go. If you don't make your restaurant reservations, especially for the popular ones, yeah. months in advance, you're eating fast food the whole time. <laughs> yeah. It's those little things that can really help you, the, the client, not only understand what to do, what activities, what activities are best in each of the various parks, how to book it, when to book in, ahead of time, what restaurants are offering, what kind of uh, of um, opportunity. I'll give you a little example. All right, right. I, I like uh, 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 vodka. I mean, I don't drink yeah. a lot, but there is a slushy, Grey Goose slushy. No way. In front of France in Epcot. And it is... It is like, you know, 7-Eleven type uh, slushy. <laughs> yeah. And it is the most refreshing drink. In that Florida heat. And for the Florida heat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And somebody told me about it. They also say Grand Meunier slushies, in case you don't like sure. vodka. I, I mean, it's those little yeah. things that just, uh, and there's a, uh, if, for example, in France, there's two French restaurants. The ground floor is a is where all the normal people go. There's also one upstairs. Yeah. Truly gourmet, absolutely fabulous. Yeah. Now we're getting to, do you think you, as a normal customer, have enough time to research all of the possibilities yeah. of Disney World? Or would you rather go to someone who is an absolute expert? Say, these are the type of things I like to do. This is what I really want to try to do to explore. Do help me. Yeah. And you know what? They do it. Mm -hmm. And that's their passion. So that's why I believe the travel industry has really uh, experienced a rebound. Um, sure. In the uh, late 90s when, you know, the advent of the Internet, the advent of the Expedias and Pricelines of the world. Um, yeah, they, they took a large segment of uh, what we refer to as visiting friends and relatives type airline ticketing. So let's sure. say you live in Minneapolis and you wanted to go uh, visit someone who lives in Arizona. 
uh, and it's a direct flight from uh, Minneapolis to Phoenix. Fairly simple yeah. type of transaction. Yeah. Um, and, and what we have found is that is the type of business that uh, the online ticket uh, type travel agencies uh, uh, have taken. Sure. And, uh, you know, if you want to do it yourself, great. Um, the issue is if there is a problem, as m- many customers have come back and told us about, buying it, the original reservation, is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. It's that if something happens. And that's where a true travel professional will come in. We're here to serve. The advocacy. Yes. Sure. So sure. a lot of people have gone there. They've determined that the the uh, uh, online purveyors really aren't the ones that have the expertise. They're not the ones who are there for customer service. And we're seeing our market share of the brick-and-mortar type traditional uh, retail agencies is, is growing and has been for the last several years. Anywhere from a half percent to a one percent market share is coming back uh, because of that expertise and because of the value we offer. Sure. Um, we're also seeing the number of agents yeah. uh, grow. Uh, one of the things, uh, uh, a new trend that has happened over the last decade is uh, independent contractors or home base where people want to get into the travel business but they don't want to do it full time, yeah. maybe. So they start uh, learning about a particular destination. And uh, they become experts at a particular destination or a particular, uh, let's say it's a Royal Caribbean cruising. That's all they sell. Yeah. And they work with an agency and the agency trains them. And then eventually they they uh, feel comfortable enough and are knowledgeable enough to be able to represent that one product or that one destination to a customer. And uh, uh, it's a journey for them. But again they probably fall have fallen in love with it they probably most of the people that i know that have become independent contractors traveled a lot themselves and so what they're relaying is first-hand knowledge of i've been on five royal caribbean cruises or i've been on 10 or i've been to the magic kingdom 10 times and and i know people who have been there over a hundred times that's how much uh they get into it enjoy it so they start uh, uh, then working with friends and, and uh, relatives. And we're seeing probably anywhere uh, close to 700 to 1,000 new agents a month coming into the business. Incredible. Now, over time, most of them are, are very, very part-time. But over time, uh, uh, many of them are becoming full-time as they learn more, as they become more experienced, as they go through formal training programs. The one thing about this industry that is fabulous is that uh, all of our supplier partners, whether it's a cruise line tour operator, destination like Disney or Universal, uh, have a tremendous amount of training programs for not only new people, Mm -hmm. but also for experienced advisors. The world keeps changing, their products keeps changing rules of uh, entry into certain countries keep changing. So everyone has to continue to stay up to date of, as to what is going on in the industry and, and um, what was uh, true, say, five years ago may not be true today. So sure. we've done tests. It's interesting. Even on the air side, our agents, our advisors can find cheaper airfares. And then they, the, but the difference is we give you the option. Do you want to fly nonstop? Do you want to fly it? Uh, using points? Do you want to fly in an airline where you can earn miles? Do you want to take multiple stops to save money? 
every traveler is different. You may say, yes, I want to stop twice. If I can save $200, I don't care about wasting all day. Yeah. Others will say, no, I want to get to point A to point B as fast as I can. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we work with uh, everyone on for air, car, hotel, uh, tours, everywhere. And uh, the other thing that's so exciting to me is that the amount of uh, destinations that people are going to today. Yeah. Um, Australia, no one used to ever go to Australia. Today, I think there's uh, eight or nine ships that go to Australia. I was reading um, earlier today that uh, in the next seven or eight years, there's 100 new ships uh, that are going to be delivered. And that doesn't count the river uh, ships in both uh, North America and Europe. So the industry is booming. Yeah. Our suppliers are, are plowing more and more uh, capital into providing a wonderful product for our customers. But that now we get back to what's the need of a travel advisor. Sure. How does the normal consumer keep track of 100 new ships over the next seven years? Yeah. And what the personality of each of those ships are and how it's going to uh, uh, meet the client's needs. I was on a ship recently, and they take pre-reservations for restaurants. So if you no, if you're interested in eating any of their specialty restaurants, uh, you had better make them several months before. Oh, by the way, the dinner show—I mean, the shows in the theater—pre-reservation. So if you haven't booked it and you didn't know, know to make a reservation, you were not going to see any shows on that ship. So which you know, that's where we start getting into the complexity of travel, and that's probably the one thing that really I haven't talked about is. I think there's an awful lot of people who, if it's a simple airline ticket, Minneapolis to Arizona, I can do that for myself. If something goes wrong, I'm the one that made the reservation. I can take care of it. I'm, But now, let's get into the complex. And for everyone, complexity is different. If I'm making the reservations for a group of 12 or 15 people because we're going to a, a um, destination wedding. Sure. I don't want to take responsibility for all 15 people. <laughs> I don't want to, if something goes wrong, have to, to fix it. Uh, I don't. I, so all of a sudden, the simple transaction now became complex. So it's not just where the destination is, but and that's what travel advisors are for. It's to take the complexity out of it. It's to make sure that our, you, the customer, get the trip that you're looking for. Make sure we meet all of your needs that you have the most value for your money because we know you're not going to do it again in most cases. So sure. it's, uh, the word's getting out. More and more customers are using us. Uh, there's more and more product out there to sell. There's more destinations to see than any of us can see in a lifetime, yeah. uh, both in the domestic U.S., Canada, but the rest of the world. Uh, some of the trends that you're seeing in travel for 2020, what are some of those things that we can be expecting? Oh, I... Oh. <laughs> Is that a loaded question? Yeah. (laughs) Do we have three hours? Um, Cruising continues to to boom. It just does. Uh, River cruising in Europe is is exciting. It's interesting to talk to people on a river cruise. Um, Many of them have been on deep water cruising, Caribbean, Alaska, Med. But some have never uh, been on cruising because they were afraid of water. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, there, there, are those there are a lot of those yeah, people. Yeah. Um, 
Um, and if you're on a river, you're constantly within sight of land. I mean, it's literally right there. Yeah. Uh, I sometimes wonder how deep the rivers are because if they sank, I think if I went to the top top of the boat, <laughs> I'd still be on dry. <laughs> you'd thing be if okay. They didn't sank. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd so, be all right. But the the thing is, it's a very it's a slower pace. Yeah. You cruise at night usually. You you dock in the middle of a, a, a medieval type town in many cases. You get off the ship. You wander around town. There's guided tours if you want it. It's all included. It's just a fabulous way to see Europe. Um, so uh, what's hot, Italy has been hot. There was a couple years where um, it had uh, fallen off a little bit, but it is back. UK is strong. Germany is strong. Actually, all of Europe is strong this year. But we're also seeing uh, Australia, New Zealand, one of the perennial uh, uh, wish lists and uh, bucket lists. Uh, more and more people are going there. Uh, as I mentioned, Antarctica. Uh, but we're now we're starting to see more and more active and adventure travel. And it, and you know, we could say active and adventure. Does that mean climbing mountains? No, that could be a, a, a gentle walk across Scotland. It could be a bicycle tour. It could be um, it doesn't have to be the strenuous, but there is yeah. re- literally there's anything from what I just mentioned to climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, yeah. uh, and everything in between. Sure. Uh, that that is a, a, a growing trend. Uh, there's also the trend of um, as the world gets more crowded, as more and more people uh, travel, not just North America. But, uh, you know, India, China um, have made great progress in expanding their middle class. They are traveling more. So everyone wants to be in St. Mark's Square on August 1st. Uh, By the way, more and more people are saying, no, let's not go August 1st. Let's go when it's not crowded. And so people are looking at what the off-seasons are in many places. There is no such thing as a down season. Yeah, um, a lot person- of travelers. <laughs> yes, there are, and and so people are looking at over tourism. People are looking at ecotourism. People are, are conscious of the environment and the impact, uh, sustainability. People are looking at where are other destinations, and that's what's so exciting about this is, um, you know, years and years ago, you would not have heard of people going to. Uh, Morocco, yeah, or, or it was. Why would anybody go to Morocco? I <laughs> yeah. mean, uh, but today, you know, I know of many people who have been yeah. to Morocco and Marrakesh. I've personally been to Marrakesh, sure. and it's uh, me as well, actually. Yeah, it, it is fascinating. Just you know, if you're into watching people, if you're into yeah. seeing the sights, if you're interested in how other cultures sure. live, uh, places like that are just. I mean, they're heaven. Yeah. Uh, the ever-changing uh, industry. Yes, really. it is. Yeah. We were in Vietnam and uh, Cambodia on a recent uh, river cruise. It, uh, uh, For someone who had lived through the Vietnam War era, uh, I would highly recommend it. The, the people are so warm, engaging. But again, lifestyle is totally different. Yeah. So I think all of that is growing uh, or causing the growth in the travel business. Um you know, you can't say 
what's hot. Yeah, because sure. It's really the whole industry is hot. Sure. And, and that's fabulous because I think as more and more people understand what we have in America and understand the differences of whether it's the Mideast or whether it's Africa or whether it's Asia, um, there's no right or wrong, but there are huge differences. Yeah. And so you start to have an appreciation. And I think you can only do that by experiencing it. Absolutely. And, uh, and advisors help you do that. And advisors, you mentioned, you know, more specialties, more yes. niche you know, advisors that can assist in these kind of unique experiences that people are seeking out. Absolutely. I mean, again, advisors used to be generous. Uh, our agents used to be generous. They would represent the whole world. And today, more and more of the trusted advisors yeah. are specializing. Sure. And they have partners that they if a customer comes in and says, I want to do something that they really don't feel confident in representing, they'll give it to one of their uh, uh, colleagues in, in their in their agencies and say, you need to talk to John or you need to talk to whoever sure. so that you, the customer, uh, are really taken care of. Because at the end of the day, for us to uh, provide you advice that doesn't really satisfy your needs, we're doing ourselves a disservice because – you aren't going to continue to come back. And uh, and that's what we want is repeat customers. Yeah. That's what any business wants. Absolutely. Roger, I know I know this question is going to get repetitive, but I want the question on record. <laughs> if you were to say, if a consumer is interested in using an advisor, what would you say is the underlying value of using a travel advisor? Oh, you're right. It <laughs> yeah, is. A, it is. Buckle up. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. This is called the law ball, you <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. God help me if I swing and miss. <laughs> um, seriously, if, if you're a customer, what are you looking for? You're looking for somebody to tell you exactly how to, to solve your need. And your need is, I want to go to a destination. I want to do this. And I want someone to help me plan it. I want somebody to tell me exactly what I ought to be doing. Give me ideas. Yeah. Who has a passion about that, that whatever it is who's going to help me have the best time of my life. And that's what our advisors do. They help the customers go to the destinations and experience them in the way they want to experience it. And you can't do that on your own. There we go. That's, it's that it, simple. It's that it's, simple? It is that simple. Awesome, Roger. Uh, a, few, a few more questions, Roger. Sure. Right? And, then, uh, and then we can wrap it up. As far as uh, the future... Yeah. Um, how would you kind of put this into words? What is the future of travel advisors? What is the future of Travel Leaders Network? I, I would tell you that, uh, you know, while I've been in this business for 40 years and people have predicted that uh, travel advisors are the way of the dinosaur, as I mentioned before, as long as there are customers who want to travel, who want to experience, who want to try to find the best product for them, the travel industry has an extremely bright future. Uh, Travel Leaders Group uh, continues to make acquisitions of, uh, of travel agencies because we are absolutely positive this industry is going to continue to grow for the long term, not just the short term. And uh, we're investing heavily into that. Um, I don't see the trend of Americans slowing down on travel. And it, it, it's something, and especially you hear the, the studies, 
we know the baby boomers are traveling. Uh, they've been traveling their entire lives. But we also are, are seeing the studies where millennials uh, are wanting to experience more than tangible goods. Well, what is a more experiential, experiential product than travel? And uh, I've seen studies where uh, uh, a large percentage of millennials are traveling up to four trips a year. Um, they are they are spending more as a percentage of their disposable income on travel than uh, preceding generations have. So as we look to the future, uh, once you fall in love with travel, once you understand how rewarding it is from a uh, participant point of view. It's not something you can ever say, I've been everywhere in the world, yeah. which by the way is impossible, Yeah. and I never have to travel again because the world keeps changing. Cultures keep changing. Um, can you imagine going to Dubai 50 years ago and saying, I've been to Dubai <laughs> yeah. even 30 years ago, yeah. even 10, 10 years yeah, ago. 10. I've been to Dubai, I never have to go back. Uh, well, see, they now have the world's <laughs> tallest uh, building. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the indoor ski slopes, that was within the last uh, 15 years. You just think of how Dubai has changed. That's just one destination. Uh, and then you think about what's going on in China and what's going on in Vietnam and what's going on in Cambodia. Oh, by the way, I could just keep going forever. Yeah, we could. And, and that's why uh, the travel industry uh, is, is really something that's so exciting. We haven't even talked about Corporate travel. Yeah, we uh, kind of, yeah. I mean that that we could talk about corporate travel because it's as big as leisure travel. Uh, we haven't talked about group travel. Uh, we I briefly mentioned destination weddings. That is getting to be an absolutely huge um, uh, way to get married. It used to be let's go down to the local church, um, <laughs> go to the go to the courthouse. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it is amazing to me how many people will have weddings not just uh, in Vegas. People still do that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Mexico. Sure. And I was invited to one uh, in uh, uh, Tuscany a couple years ago. And this is by my best friend's daughter. How do you say no to your best friend? Yeah. Oh, it turned out there were over 80 people wow. at this wedding wow. in Tuscany. Yeah. That's a big destination wedding. Now, it is. And obviously, every one of us did not just fly over for the wedding and fly back. We all <laughs> yeah. extended the, the trip, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was just thinking, can you imagine the agency that set up that destination <laughs> wedding and started to advise all these people on, if you're in Tuscany, okay, now you need to go to Florence, take a train to Rome, or take a train over to uh, Venice or to Milan, see the Last Supper. I mean, just the amount of add-ons. So now you know why. Travel is so exciting and why it's so much opportunity. If you think a little bit out of the box, you try to help the customer have the very best experience, uh, it, it is a fantastic, rewarding uh, uh, vocation. Uh, Roger, I do have one last question. I am. Uh, under, I, I, I know you mentioned, I mean, we could talk about this for hours, and you know, we could do multiple, multiple episodes, but we are under some time constraints, and I do want to fit in this last question. A question I ask every guest. If you had, you're a veteran traveler, first and foremost. You've been, uh, you've been, you know, around the world probably twice now. If you had one piece of advice. That was just last year. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you had, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> if you had one piece of advice, if, if there's one piece of advice you could give a traveler, what would you tell them? Uh, for someone who has never really traveled a lot internationally, be open. Be open to other cultures. Don't be judgmental. Um, 
people are people, pretty much. Yeah, there's there's different uh, beliefs, there's that type of thing. But actually, if you just talk to people, it's amazing how um, how much you can learn, what you can experience, um, how open people are, how receptive they are, and this world just offers so much opportunity. It's incredible. Roger, Travel Leaders, President <laughs> of Travel Leaders Network, Roger Block, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Adam. Today. It's been a joy. Awesome. Thank you. you got this far thank you so much for listening and if you enjoyed this episode it would mean the world to us if you left a review thank you again and i hope you tune into another episode of the traveler